to the Pantheon. I am Ray. I'm Evie. And today we're looking at Defenders, the 2017 Netflix series. The showrunners were Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez, and it stars an all-star cast, Sigourney Weaver, I guess would headline the show, uh, Charlie Cox as Daredevil, uh, Finn Jones, uh, Jessica Hendwick, Rosario Dawson, and Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. Uh, there is a huge cast. Uh, even uh, the guy who played Stick, uh, mm-hmm. I forgot, his name escapes me, but like Elodie Young who plays Elektra, there's a huge, everybody from, you've seen from all, all the main villains and heroes from all the series so far has come together for this one. This is the Avengers for Marvel. This is now the Defenders. Right. So, Evie, give us the overview of the show. Overview of the Defenders is there's a uh, common uh, enemy shows up. So Jessica Jones start, mm-hmm. um, and there's the what do you call his name? Luke Cage, and then there uh, Daredevil as well, and uh, I'm drawing a blank of two more people. Am I missing anybody? Of, of what, what was the first two? Um, all of the superheroes that joined each other. Oh, so I've, you get you get uh, Danny Rand, yeah, Luke Cage, you get it, yeah. Jessica Jones, and uh, Matt Matt Murdock. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm just had a brain freeze there. You have interrupted a citywide investigation. You stole evidence from my crime scene, and you got my one lead killed. I was trying to help him, but you didn't. Jessica Jones, stop talking. Who the hell are you? My name is Matthew Murdoch. I'm your attorney. So they, um, so they all show up uh, because the hand is back. So they all come together, mm-hmm. and it turns out that the hand has actually buried a chemical that's gonna uh, cause an earthquake. Mm-hmm. So they all come um, uh, together, and Electra um, is um, well. She's alive again, mm-hmm. and there's a battle again uh, with the hand. And so they come together, so there won't be any damage in New York. Mm-hmm. What the series does well is it it brings in together the different ideologies of these characters. Uh, like the first episode. It's just about the characters coming together because they're coming from different their own series, so they have to find a common ground. Mm-hmm. So in the first episode, they're not even formed yet. They're just you're you're pairing them off with one another, mm-hmm. and then as the series progress, progresses uh, in the first three episodes, that's when you're forming the group or the, the groups are coming together, and they're not getting along. And it's their ideology is different. So it's like uh, when Danny and Luke first meet, you know, uh, Luke tells them, Danny, you mean. Not, not, it's not necessarily white privilege, but like you have a great power, you are of privilege. You can make more of an effect on the community because of his of your wealth, and not just from the power of your fist, you know, and not mm-hmm. because of the color of your skin. You actually have great power to make a difference, you know, and it's not just being the, the fist. And so, understanding uh, from Luke's perspective, giving Danny for for the insight is is a, is a creative change. Mm-hmm. With uh, Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock. Matt's there as her legal attorney because 
you know, something happens. But like in terms of how they review uh, being a hero, she's very dismissive of it. Jessica Jones is very dismissive of being a hero, whereas Matt caters to it as being kind of a burden. They say it's kind of an addiction for him to be mm-hmm. a hero. And so all four of these uh, characters look at being the idea of being a hero differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the same thing, but the all four come at it from all different perspectives. Yeah. So I find that is that in itself, in terms of just how the on a, on a um, intellectual level, it's very interesting to see how these characters uh, form because they don't. I'm not saying they don't get along, but they approach it at a very different perspective, and, and there is a butting of heads, but in a nice amicable way. And reviewing the idea, because the superhero films like, like the Super Friends or like Justice League or whatever, I mean, they have their own dynamic. The Avengers have their own, you know, a bunch of guys who don't belong together but do work together. And But this one has a difference in ideology. And that's what I find, from an intellectual perspective, a very, very entertaining in that sense. Uh, and then so that's where I think it does really, really well in terms of exploring that. And it covers the cross section, so that it, so bringing these teams together, and also I think they improved greatly on the Iron Fist character. He's not as whiny uh, as he was in the first season. Uh, his fighting choreograph, because you do have the showrunners uh, Mark Ramirez and uh, Petrie, who worked on Daredevil season two, to work on the fighting choreography to make sure it was uh, like really well done. How does being Harlem's hero allow you to live an actual life? Right now, I just want to help people. I think there's someone that you need to meet. Hey. What are you doing in there? Who are you? Who are you? How come you can't be hurt? What's the deal with that fist? I'm the immortal Iron Fist. You what? You're on the same side. So it was, when you get that scene down the hallway, it really does come together with the Iron Fist, with Luke Cage being the being the shield and working everybody working with each other in pairing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, it really does really come together so much more than well, it, it works well because they know their place and how they work with each other mm-hmm. excels in terms of the performance and the overall look right i thought um what works for me in this film was the martial arts mm-hmm. it was really exciting when electra came back you know she just brought it it wasn't cheesy it was filmed um really well you know um the the actual uh camera like on one scene followed you know like that it was filmed it was just excellently done excellently done um and what uh, bored me was i kind of hate to say it but that um uh, elderly lady oh madam gal yeah mm-hmm. she kind of just boring i hate to say it's interesting about madame gal because i mean throughout this series i mean she has no one that she uh everyone bows to her yeah but in this one she has someone that she bows to yeah that she fears yeah and that was surprising so we knew there was someone above her and that's the first time we see her you know resent right yeah exactly so that was that was like oh so so that kind of gives more um stakes to uh, Alexandra's character. That's yeah, for sure. You know, and if you don't know, if you don't know who I'm referring to, then that kind of hopefully that'll make you want to watch Defenders. Yeah, yeah. But that was for me. Uh, in terms of the big picture, like where I see how this goes from here, it sets up uh, the following seasons of shows. So with 
like and also a lot of the side characters but like going into the, the characters uh, itself I mean you have it's it takes place of Midland Circle. I mean, that is ground zero, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, it's now Louis Rubble. Uh, but you end up having the, the sidekicks. So, like, Karen, for instance, she is now, in, she's almost, not in dire straits, but she's broken herself from the events of that, mm-hmm. and that leads into the Punisher. So where her mind, her mental state going to the Punisher is, is based on the events of this, Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But then once you get the Punisher, it really quicks off, quickly takes off, and we, we kind of forget about what happens mm-hmm. uh, in Defenders. Uh, with the, with the um, Claire and Luke, they have a romantic relationship after the fact, yeah. so that kind of goes into the Iron, uh, goes into Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Rand is now, is now become the protector of New York City. Yeah. So uh, it, it she's, she's taking on more of a mature role, uh, responsibility, and, and trying to embrace that role he has. Uh, with the characters of uh, Trish and Malcolm, the idea of being a hero mm-hmm. is now more mev- or their role of being a protector or a citizen or someone who has authority. Mm-hmm. Malcolm's different. I mean, he is a person who works with legal, mm-hmm. uh, and he's come through a different cycle of characterizations. Uh, Trish. The idea of being a hero worship becomes even more effective yeah. on her based on the events of this of this sure. events and this so and you know of course with Jerry Hart Hogarth's firm it it kind of again it, it carries on after the events of Midland Circle so Daredevil Dare, what happens to him well Daredevil we don't know until season three right but and that's like near the end of all season two episodes yeah. however uh, because of Rand's deciding to become the protector of New York he's taking the mantle of Daredevil so like everyone's feeling the everyone is feeling remorse and loss uh, of defenders so there is a great deal of responsibility everyone grows up everyone goes further and they try to, to handle them okay besides Jessica Jones who's still Jessica Jones she's very dismissive yeah. everyone else has taken a certain level of responsibility after the events of uh, Defenders. Right, yeah. So their game is now elevated mm-hmm. in the aftermath, you know? And then when we get back to Daredevil season three, it's it becomes the, the road to hell mm-hmm. for him for himself. Sure. The devil of New York goes through his own little personal hell in yeah. redemption. And, and um, uh, so that will go, we'll go, we'll go into that when we do season three, of course. Cool. But uh, overall, I thought his curse is a burden of being a hero yeah. for Daredevil. And that's what you're seeing. Yeah, exactly. You four. The devil of Hell's Kitchen, the smart-ass detective. We got a problem? The righteous ex-con. My bad. And the kid with a glowing fist. The war for New York is here. They kind of realized that that they just um, saved New York, so now they have a responsibility to take care of... Uh, Human beings. Yeah, and just pick up the slack, really. Yeah, exactly. You know, if if they were if Danny was self centered, he's now being more responsible. Yeah. If Luke Cage was just thinking of the people of Harlem, he's thinking of the neighborhood. He's thinking right. it's a bigger picture. It's exactly. a, it's everybody inside Harlem, but also people who uh, were outside of Harlem too. He's yeah, kind exactly. of self aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I and of course he's now he's finally found his love, mm-hmm. a new love in his life. So you know with Claire. Mm-hmm. So it's it's everyone's progressed. It's right. a slightly elevation of mm-hmm. characters. I give this uh, series a six out of ten, and my reasoning behind that is I feel that that the Black Sky was an unrewarding subplot. I thought uh, if the whole point of Alexander Reed can save herself is to put that stuff into her because she's the eldest and she could be immortal still and she gave she invested all that substance as they refer to it into the black sky and not save herself unless she could not be safe because I know she was dying 
So it's unsure if 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 the whole idea of immortality is it's a fa- it's even though they live a very long time they're not really immortal. Um, that's not really clear, I think, because of the Sigourney Weaver character. Yeah. Um, so I, I I give it a six. I thought the, the whole subplot because they don't know if, oh, the, if the black sky is actually even going to work, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it's just they put too much chips in that stock, and I thought that it didn't. I felt it was unrewarding onto itself. It didn't go nowhere. So that's why I, I give it uh, that mark, that rating. And you? Okay, I would. I would say maybe like a six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because the same. Thing, you know they actually um, resurrect what's her name the Electra black, yeah mm-hmm. made it interesting but it kind of you know I thought they could have done more with her right instead of you know just um, kill her and then um, uh, watch her come uh, back to life I thought they could have done something I don't know something else Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for double feature, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go really on here. I'm gonna say Brian De Palma's The Untouchables, okay. um, because it's a group that you know that came that comes together for a common enemy and for a common purpose in the course of action. Uh, you know, it, I mean that was about fighting the uh, Capone, okay. but this one is the hand, and you know, and then the the, <clears> li- <throat> the line that Sean Connery gives, you know, if he comes with the knife, he comes with the gun, he comes mm-hmm. with the, you know the stick. So the the approach, the razor sharp approach of how do take on the hand okay. which stick gives in his little pep talk uh there are i found very common elements to the untouchables the palma though it is a stretch it's not it's nowhere near uh the level of the palma but like the idea is is there of having a group uh you know go this goes back to kurosawa's you know mm-hmm. these seven samurais but yeah. like it's just the idea of, of of like-minded individuals having a common enemy right. that, that it goes after um the hand and for you I would say, although they're not Marvel, mm-hmm. um, um, the um, Hall of um, uh, uh, Justice with, with like superheroes in it, like Superman, Batman, Aquaman, all just, although there, although there's um, more than one superhero, they also two came together and, and fought a common en- enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And do you recommend this? Um, I do, yeah, better than the first one. The first one? Uh, or, no, sorry, sorry. No, no, um, like I do recommend uh, this one uh, because there's a lot more action and, you know, and a lot more fighting, definitely, and it's not quite boring and the fighting's excellent. I agree. It's streamlined because it's yeah, only it's it's, yeah. it's it's it, it is eight episodes rather than having thirteen. And I think thirteen would have just killed this, the momentum of the series. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think eight was good. Yeah. Um, you're right. You know, and and we didn't talk about this, but I thought the first episode wasn't anything at all. It's just them, it's just bringing them together, mm-hmm. and then the series kind of took off. So yeah. This reminded me quite a bit like Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, people had a high level of expectations running into. Uh, Phantomist, which became yeah. a detriment to that movie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, om- omitting Jar Jar Binks, of course. But like, uh, I think, yeah, because you have a character like Daredevil meeting with these guys, you're expecting quite a bit, and it's and it's uh, it's not a letdown, but there there could have been more, I think, to it. But I do recommend it because yeah. it because it it really sets up. Everybody else, when you get to the seasons two of, of Iron Fist, Luke mm-hmm. Cage, season three of Jessica Jones, so or two of Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. so it's good in that sense. I, it's a recommend. Yeah. 
Uh, and then let's well now let's get into the email bag. Okay. Buford mailbag song. Hit it. Letters. I get letters. So many letters. Repender from Nunavut. <laughs> he says I hate it. So next we have uh, Yosh Kawada from Toronto. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Uh, and Yosh says there were great parts and there were non so great parts. Acting, cinematography, and script were uh, pretty good. The character development was pretty good, especially uh, on Jessica's part. The hands general storyline, however, somewhat lacking throughout Daredevil and Iron Fist. They made out to be a huge, dangerous criminal organization, but what was depicted in the series was seriously underwhelming. Okay. And the second person is Frank Calabria. From, from New York City. He said it's a very convincing acting, fair character development when you need to have seen separate Marvel series to get their full motivations. Plot and writing is decent enough, although the other factors would have made this a compelling view regardless of the story. Um, Dialogue is very good. Great New York City backdrop. Right. And last but not least, we have Royuda. Ro, is it pronounced Royuda? Yeah. Royuda Ilassad from Scarborough, Ontario. Mr. Ilassad uh, writes, This show is so boring. Not funny at all. Weird, stupid, stupid. Uh, not worth anyone's time. Y'all really could uh, just left the hand situation in the Iron Fist show. Doesn't seem like much, but a big deal, considering that the Hand is a group of grandmas. Actually, I never even thought about that. They're really <laughs> old. Um, the acting was really bad. Uh, yes, I, I have to con- concur with that because there are like ancient, like people who have walked the earth since you know yeah. before the, the Crusades. So they've been around for a long, long sure. time. So <laughs> a bunch of grandmas. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like my grandma. Oh, I love my grandma. Okay. Too. Uh, uh, she's not with us anymore, but yeah. Mine uh, isn't either. <laughs> but good memories. Right. So, Evie, uh, how can they reach us? They can reach us through Twitter and Instagram at the um, Pantheon of M. Um, they can also drop us an um, email at the Pantheon of M.com and leave us your own personal film view comments or. Uh, check out our website www.pantheumofm.com Excellent. So with that, uh, Evie, that's our end of our show. Uh, Any last words? Or we're good? We're good. All right. so with that, I'm Ray. And I'm Evie. We'll see you next week. Take care. You make quite a team. No. What are you talking about? Bulletproof. Blind ninja. Whatever it is you are. Classy. (laughs) 